it's a little bit of an old school way of thinking. However, there is a term that has been around for years and years, and that term is called a loss leader product. A loss leader product is a product that you sell in your store to drive traffic. So it is a product that you potentially can even lose money by selling it. So that can be a product that you lose money, you break even, or you have a very skinny margin on a certain product. But a loss leader product is a product that you intentionally have in your business. And the intent of that product is to drive traffic into your store. In the past, companies became famous for this. And there is a still a large majority of, of or not a majority, but there's a still a, a significant amount of companies that still do this type of marketing. Uh, some of those companies, such as Costco, Sam's Club, Publix, and Meyer, all have a loss leader product that is a cooked rotisserie chicken. So today we're talking about this rotisserie chicken and whether having a loss leader product is still something that is kind of relevant today. Is that still something that companies should do, especially as a family owned retailer? Should you have a loss leader product in your business? And what are some of the, the repercussions of doing that? What are some of the, um, things that you should set up and, and look at as far as which products should you offer? Why, why should you offer those products? Which ones will significantly move the needle on the amount of sales that you have? So we're talking about all things loss leader products today and which businesses do those apply to? Do those apply to coffee shops? Do they apply to restaurants and things of the like? So hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius. And my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third-generation business owner, and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. There's a report out this week that amid rampant inflation that we're feeling in the U.S., the price of one grocery store staple has remained steady. That item, you ready? It is a cooked rotisserie chicken. Yeah. CNN is reporting that um, grocery stores, the major chains like Costco and Sam's Club, uh, also to Publix and Meyer, have held the cost of the cooked birds, even though the actual cost to acquire chicken, the annual increase, is up 16.4%. So these stores are really saying they're, they're willing to lose money on this one item because it attracts customers, and most customers they found will buy more items than just that chicken when they make that visit. So in retail business, this is called a loss leader product, and we're kind of seeing some data on how it's affecting, uh, you know, how it's being affected even in this time of inflation. What do you think about that loss leader strategy uh, for rotisserie chicken, Steve? Let me ask you this. How often do you even buy a quick cooked rotisserie chicken as a probably pretty average American Oh, household? that's a good question. Hmm. Maybe once a month. 
that's what I'm, it's not, we don't hardly, I mean, I don't know yeah. about the same, I would imagine, but we don't have that. I, I don't know that just like that as the staple, like the thing they, you know, put their flag in the ground on is just seems kind of like yeah. odd to me. But um, I would imagine that Sam's and Costco at Publix and Meyer have way <laughs> more data on this you would hope, than yeah. I do uh, just speculating. But, uh, but yeah, that is kind of weird to me, uh, that that's the product and maybe it's just popular enough that people keep sure. the price in mind, but it's not popular enough where like, yeah. it's like a gallon of milk that like they people go whatever. through, you know, I don't know. Maybe well, it's... and let me give you one more amazing or stat maybe... from the article. This was kind of their clincher at the end. Get okay. this. This is so important to Costco in particular that in 2019, they opened a $450 million poultry processing plant so that they could control the entire supply chain. That's how much they wanted to keep their rotisserie chickens in store at $4.99. And it's been that way for 10 years. So here's why loss leaders are so important. Think about our conversation that we're having right now about how Costco is the cheapest and what do we automatically think? Costco right. is the cheapest on everything. Right. And that's why that's why it's important. If it was on... Um, bean bags i doubt that a lot of people would yeah, even know if right. they were cheap or not you know it, and i think that's the important part of a loss leader is if a person is able to look at that product whether you're advertising it or in store or whatever it might be and they can identify they know how much that product is and and not just one customer because one customer might know how much beanbag chairs are because they freaking sell yeah, them or whatever right. you know i'm not saying one customer can identify it but if you know the majority or a large you know 70 80 90 percent of people go yeah, four ninety nine to seven ninety nine. That seems about right on a rotisserie chicken. You know, I, I never buy groceries, and I can tell you that's probably right. where it should be. You know, so I think that's the important part of a loss leader, and that's where people lose their way or they have great success is depending on which products you choose to be yeah, a loss leader. Strategic. So yeah, I do think it's yeah. it's very important. So well, I thought about when I was thinking about your listeners, mostly family owned retail businesses, I thought that we should talk through some ideas on loss leader products um, or similar strategies be, because it's not just about necessarily losing money um, on the loss leader, but it's really about being known for something. Like you said, where most customers know that you're the cheapest on this or know you have a fair price on that. Um, so similar strategies I thought to the rotisserie chicken could be maybe a local boutique who carries an exclusive product that you really can't get elsewhere or at least nearby, right? Um, maybe a convenience store who undercuts the competition on an at-cost item that draws a bunch of people to them. That would be a traditional loss leader model, um, but in your hometown or in your small area, if you're a you know, convenience store owner, go at cost. You're not making anything on that, but you're undercutting your other competitors. Or Steve, I thought even you, like a feed store owner who would offer something like delivery or a unique service that no one else does, that helps you stand out and, and become known for something. So tell me a little bit about what is your strategy? What are your thoughts on a loss leader traditional product versus just being known for some unique thing? Okay, so a loss leader, it's very important that a loss leader is that there's actually a field for you to lead in. 
Um, that's the point of a lost leader is that you are leading the category, um, whether you're losing money or not. Um, so if you're the only person around that does something, um, there is no point in you losing money on an item or, you know, whatever, um, because it's the most important for you that that is a very competitive mm. item. The other thing you want to be careful of is, which, you know, in, in thinking about this, that might be why Costco, Sam's Club, all this, why it's this particular product is because you want to make sure that your product cannot be loaded up on and hoarded. Um, um, with ours, um, you know, there's certain things that we have that you, that can last a year or two years or three years. Um, and if it's certain products, then perhaps other businesses might actually just buy it and sell it at their store, uh, too. It depends on what industry you're in and things like that. But especially in the way of Costco, Sam's club, um, if it was on, let's say, uh, Dr. Pepper or something like that, uh, every convenience store around might come and buy that item. And if that's not their target demographic, um, then they're selling a product at a loss to gain people that are not their target target demographic. So, um, so a loss leader needs to be something that people recognize, um, and they can identify like that is a cheap, uh, price on that. You see convenience stores, uh, probably the most common would be on fuel. Um, you typically can't load up on fuel that much. Um, it is something that most people can identify like that's a good price or that's not a good price. It's advertised on a billboard out in front of their store um, with typically a competitor across the street or something. Um, so you see that on fuel. You also see it a lot of times on a, a beer and things like that inside the convenience store. They'll have the, the name brand beer um, at, you know, at one price and then they might have some other drinks that mm. no one else has um that are marked up significantly more um in our industry specifically we'll have um what we call turf items and so those turf items are maybe the top five to ten most common feeds we try to get a very skinny margin on because we know that a lot of people will shop that and there is no another thing about a loss leader product is there is no uh, conversation typically around uh, quality hmm. of the product. So we don't do it on hay because hay can have a lot different quality and things like that. Um, where feed is just, it's the same feed in a bag that you can get at tractor supplies, same feed in a bag you can get at another place. Um, and so we will have a low margin price on um, you know, five to 10 very competitively priced feeds um, to get those people in the door. Then we can sell them a bale of hay that we have a higher margin on or a supplement that we have a higher margin on or whatever it might be. So some loss leader tips for listeners would be something that's either perishable, consumable, or just doesn't last for a long time. Like you said, can't be stocked up on. Something that doesn't have a conversation around quality. So you don't want people to care about this being a high quality item needs to be really similar to a lot of other things. And then something that you can market on, whether you, like you said, a billboard outside your store, maybe you post it on social media, you have a flyer strategy. Well, it's attracting your, it's attracting your target customer cool. too. I think that's the most important thing about a loss leader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what businesses do you think loss leader, like family owned businesses who should be using loss leaders? Where where's a loss leader a good fit almost always? Um, so you know I'm thinking of a few different industries. Um, restaurants are um, 
famous for doing this. Um, a lot of restaurants will have, and typically, not typically, sometimes people will have a loss leader product. They get somebody in the door and they sell them mm. additional items, such as like that's what Costco, Sam's Club, they're, they're getting them in the door with this, but then they have a lot of other items. Um, or sometimes you have a loss leader product and the people come in there for that, but then they change their mind. Mm. Um, so let's play this out in a restaurant. Um, you know, Chili's did the two for 20 for years. Um, there's a lot of people that will do like value type meals or a catering. Um, maybe they have like a special on like some sort of catering, like buy this for Super Bowl Sunday or something. Well, what happens is, is two, two things can happen. A, you go into Chili's for the two for 20 and you end up buying a bunch of additional things, whether it's drinks or appetizer or whatever. Um, so you're adding onto the ticket or you come in for the two for 20, your spouse says they don't really want anything thing on that two for 20 and y'all order end up ordering something completely different even though you saw the two for 20 deal and thought oh chili's is pretty good value or whatever so um that's some practical you know things that restaurants uh, coffee shops can do that maybe it's 79 cent large coffee or something uh mcdonald's and sonic have those you know Mm. like happy hour slash like one dollar large drinks you go there for that and then you end up getting a coffee that was like 350 or something you know it's a totally different deal than what you went in there for so um you know i think a lot of businesses can do that um in the restaurant industry it's very popular in the grocery slash consumables industry, uh, lumber yards, things like that could um, get people in the door. As long as it's in your target demographic, if you're trying to um, attract contractors or something like that, it might be two by fours or a certain price. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, I would think it's, it's something that you need to be competing on and it's, and it's attracting your, your target demographic. So talk a little bit about, um, the 10 years that Costco has kept their, their rotisserie chickens, this price, they're doing that. I'm assuming to build some notoriety for that. They want people to know that they can depend on that. So is a, is being known for a loss leader, could that be impactful to family owned retail businesses or should they be known for something else? I think it can be known for, I would imagine that Costco's claim to fame is, you know, large families that come in there and they want to save money and then they buy a bunch of other crap. I think that that's probably what Costco's target demographic is. Um, And I think that that has probably got them so much notoriety. I've seen countless numbers of articles written about the rotisserie chicken at Costco. So, I think at some point you have to question whether it's not just right. a marketing pitch at some point. You know, don't get me wrong. I think they're making slash spending serious totally. amounts of money. I mean, if they're going a, you know, deal for it. Um, but at some point, I think it's a marketing. <laughs> you have to look at it into your marketing budget of, hey, even if we spend a million dollars on it, that's cheaper than running ads or something like that, you know, for a sure, company Sure, because there's size. a whole earned media um, strategy there. So, They're obviously doing PR. They're obviously, you know, being willing to talk to CNN for an article. That's a whole side of marketing of, of they did something cool, so they're going to um, let reporters write about it. They're getting a whole episode on the Better Business Podcast, which I don't know how much. That, I mean, that's worth that's worth there thousands of. There you go. <laughs> the publicity which this makes from me that. think of like some small town retail businesses who, um, you know, maybe if you when you're when you're thinking about earned media or just thinking about being known for something, you know, you might have been voted uh, best 
restaurant or best gas station or best shopping boutique in your town newspaper competition five years ago. But a lot of business owners will immediately move off of that and say, well, that was for 2017. We can't really talk about that. And it's like, no, no, you absolutely can. Like a blue ribbon on your website voted best in hometown, you know, doesn't matter when it was you were voted best so using those those <laughs> things to help shape the narrative of your business the same way that some a giant like costco is in the media saying oh yeah we just feel like this is the best thing for our members that these rotisserie chickens stay 4.99 you know year in and year out and like you're saying steve it really is just a it's a marketing stunt you know it, it costs them money obviously they have business decisions tied up into it but at the end of the day they are obviously using it to market themselves I think every business has something that they sell um, that would be something that people can identify, whether it's cheap or not. And especially for a hometown business, there are things that they could be selling that somebody else, whether it's Walmart or Lowe's or Tractor Supply or Costco Sam's, I think I believe that there is a product that every small town person has that somebody would be able to identify. Oh, that's that's actually a really good deal. And if not, then perhaps you actually put that in your advertisement. I doubt I don't know what the lawsuit deal is around that, but um, I've done that several times. I'm like, what are the odds track supplies actually going to yeah. sue me? Like they'll probably send me a cease and desist letter before they even do that. But um, I've done that before with certain things like tractor supplies, this, and right. we are this um, on price of a certain item. And what that does is especially for a hometown, smaller store is that makes people recognize and realize, Oh wow, that's a really good price. And they instantly, whether subconsciously or consciously say, Hmm, that store must actually be pretty well priced. Um, even if it's right. just on one item. Um, and so if you have to lose a dollar a piece or you break even, or you have a very skinny margin, you know, there's a lot of smaller footprint stores that can be as competitively priced as a lot of larger ones. I think about that. Uh, we've just been doing a lot of business with uh, smaller lumber yards on um, when we're building our house. And there's a lot of these smaller lumber yards that are way cheaper on almost everything than Lowe's is. Because Lowe's is not going after, you know, like a contractor. They're going after the residential, yeah. you know, hobby type of person. And Lowe's is not – most people would say if you said who's cheaper, the small town, you know, lumberyard or Lowe's on, you know, say 90% of the products, everybody's going to say Lowe's. Sure. I would imagine most people would say Lowe's when that's really not the case. And it's kind of opened my eyes doing business with, like, the larger lumber packages. It's like, man – they're actually like cheaper than Lowe's on the majority of things because a lot of smaller smaller footprint locations have better advantages. Lowe's is shipping to a distribution center and then to, onto that. They have huge amounts of overhead. Their mm. stores are like mega expensive to uh, to operate and um you know. So I think, you know, for a small town restaurant type of deal or uh, uh, any type of small town business that this is crucial. Now here's the punchline though. It's a loss leader product, not loss lead all of your products. I think that that's the yeah, dumbest thing yeah. you can do. So at the end of the day, it really is these hometown businesses, these family owned retail uh, outfits 
find something that you can be known for as a really good deal and leverage that one product in your advertising against the big box stores, against the competition. And don't take that and let it bleed throughout your inventory. Keep it very intentional and specific about that one thing you're going to lose on or you're going to sell at cost and become known for that thing that's a good deal. And then your other stuff that you have a higher margin on, you're making more money on. When people naturally come by, they might buy your loss leader product plus five or six other items. Um, and that's where you're going to make some of your money. And you don't have to even compete with the Walmarts and the Targets and the Costco because um, you are the hometown store. You're not, you're not trying to serve their customers. You're sticking to your ideal customer. And knowing them so well, you can leverage that. Yeah, I think an easy way for every business to do this would be to say, who is my ideal customer? What would all what would every one of my ideal mm -hmm. customers need? And then of the things that they would need, they would need a lot of different things in your <laughs> in your um, area yep. of expertise. And then which one of those would the largest majority of them recognize the price, what, how I'm compared to other people. So for a homeowner, if you sell to homeowners um, with a household income over this amount, what would they all need? And you might rattle off 20 different things. Out of those 20 things, which one would they be able to identify is a good or bad price on that product? Um, no matter what it is. So that would probably be the the most simplistic way to, to identify a good yeah. loss leader product. So this is some really practical advice about how to structure, uh, you know, some of your retail merchandising and uh, even just the, the whole strategy behind your pricing for one product that you want to be known for. Um, so create that loss leader, get a good deal going in your business and that gets people shopping with you. And then you can try to drive up those per ticket totals every time they're spending with you. Uh, or like Steve said, if they're there for the two for 20, they might decide they want something entirely different. And you now have a new customer because you marketed a loss leader um, and they didn't even buy it in the end. Bingo. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a very good way to attract sales, especially, um, especially around like this inflation conversation. Everyone is, observing prices more than yeah. usual and um you know we've been recognizing that on our end there's been so much talk and conversation around price um, especially times like this i think it is a brilliant marketing strategy but i've seen people do it wrong so many times they say loss leader and then they say it on you know a hundred different items in their store um you know loss leader loss leader costco sells rotisserie chickens blah 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 you know i mean so i think that this is it's an incredibly intentional um deal unless you know costco and we have to be careful using costco as an example they're some of their claim to fame sure. is around price so <laughs> that's you know you have to tread lightly even you know talking about a lot of these retailers like Sam's Club, Costco, Ikea, you know, some of these places that are known for their pricing um, because that is their, that mm -hmm. is their claim to fame is price. But um, this rotisserie chicken deal is, is definitely a, a strategy that you can use in your store. Just be very intentional with it. 
um, and maybe even inflate the prices of mm. some of your other products if you need that margin um, to offset some of your other items. I think that it's a brilliant way to um, get customers in the door if it's a product that people all recognize as a good price yeah, product. Agreed. Closing thoughts. I think you wrapped it up well. I agree. I think it's a great strategy. And and again, we'll just echo uh, temperance. Make sure that you don't do it across the board. Be very intentional. And uh, that way you secure your margin by raising them elsewhere. Um, but you've got that one product that you can market. And you're not trying to hurt yourself across the board. Awesome. So if you decide to drop the bottom out of some of your products, send uh, me or Chris a message and let us know what you've got on sale so we can take advantage <laughs> of that. Uh, in the meantime, Chris is going to take his wife to Chili's for the two for 20 deal. If they've still got that going on. She uh, deserves a nice date night. Uh, and we'll spend Chili's. over $100. Um, so thank you. Exactly. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that it was fruitful for you. And thank you to Chris Fox, the wise old owl in marketing, who is always ready to spit his marketing advice. Thank you for listening to this episode. 